Hey, everybody. Welcome out to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week, we take a movie from our past, and we have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high-praised classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. Huh, I have a cat rubbing his face all over my feet. Yep. It's a little ticklish. Yep. A little bit. I can imagine. I'm just happy he's not biting. Yeah. We've had that happen on the show before. This is true. Yeah. Oh, here he goes. Still no bites. We're good for now. But because I've said we're fine, he's going to bite me. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but how are you doing? You're doing good? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Yeah. Happy to be here. How about yeah, you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Uh, goal is that uh, we're hoping later this week we actually get to go to a movie for the first time I in know, forever. I know. I know. An actual honest to goodness movie in a movie theater. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, so that's something to look forward to. Probably going to be the first and last time again for a while because, you know, life. Life, yeah. People are the worst. Right, yeah. But, you know, like, we're we're out here trying our best to be normal while still being safe. We're double vaxxed. Double vaxxed. If somebody offered me a triple vax. I'd take it. Yeah. I'd take it. If someone else was like, look, you've got Pfizer, you got Moderna. Do you want an AstraZeneca just to round things out? I'd be like, yeah, sure. Triple it up. Yeah, I've heard really good things about the... AstraZeneca Pfizer combo for com- combating Delta apparently is really good. So I'm full on like, yeah, if someone, if, if I would call my doctor and she was like, I got some AstraZeneca here, would you like one? Or even just another Pfizer just to top you up, mm-hmm. maybe even a Johnson and Johnson. I, I feel like we've actually had this exact discussion before. But like, I'm, I'm still, getting some deja vu. You know what? We've talked about, but I feel like. Maybe you talked about it on your other podcast. No, I think it was because it was with you. Yeah, but either way, like life is feeling a little bit close to normal, and I just know that idiots are going to ruin it. It's true. So the more vaccines I can get, give me them all. Yeah, I will take them all. Just double fist in vaccines. Yeah, I'll I'll take anyone that doesn't want a vaccine. One, shut up, and two, <laughs> I'll take yours. Yeah, and that'll get me into the movies longer. Super vaxxed. Super. I just can't wait till kids under twelve can get it. Yeah. I want our son to be vaccinated and then I really won't be worried because yeah. screw other people. <laughs> like really, if they're not going to vax themselves, then nuts to them. Yeah. I'm getting vaxxed. Mm-hmm. I already did. But anyway, this yeah. is not a science podcast. No. <laughs> this is a movie podcast. And speaking of movies that ignore science completely. Yes. <laughs> we we are looking <laughs> this week at oh, Armageddon, God. which hit theaters back in 1998. Life is short. I love you. Love is forever. Will you marry me? Gracie grew up to become a full-blown hottie. You're talking about my little girl, all right? But you never know what the future holds. Until it hits. The meteor shower. This new one you're tracking. How big? It's what we call a global killer. Nothing would survive, not even bacteria. The United States government just asked us to save the world. Anybody want to say no? You think we'll get hazard pay out of this? United States astronauts trained for years. You have 12 days. Tell me you've never let anybody down before. I never quit yet. How's that? Earth's darkest day. How you feeling? Good. Considering I've never been this scared in my entire life. Will be man's finest hour. I'm marrying you. You bet you are. 
Bruce Willis, Billy Bob Thornton, Liv Tyler, Ben Affleck. All the time in the world. We have 18 minutes to zero barrier. He's all they've got. We all gotta die, right? I'm the guy who gets to do it saving the world. fairly boring when i'm looking through like exciting things that happened in 1998 maybe it's just that it like or at least july of 1998 the other thing about this was it came out on july 1st yes so even that july boring june boring but since it kind of bordered both i at least picked and chose from both months that's fair i think that's fair so on june 6th 1998 the tv sitcom sex and the city premiered and now they're doing yet another reboot of it uh, didn't they do there was a kids version no but this there? is with the the original cast except kim cattrall who was like you guys are idiots i'm not doing this anymore oh which i mean smart for her because i'm sure it's gonna be bad yeah i will happily read summaries on wikipedia and that's all <laughs> i'm gonna do about it uh on june 21st macaulay culkin was 17 and wed Broadway actress Rachel Miner, who was also 17. I remember that because I remember there was all sorts of minor jokes because mm. she was a minor. You get it? Yeah. Well, they both were. Yeah. Well, they were children. Yeah. Who let them get married? Like his parents, obviously, we know for a fact were terrible. Mm -hmm. Like all the Culkin kids, poor them. <laughs> this one I specifically got for you. I don't know if you'd have any memory of this. On June 30th, the Sega Channel, cable's first <laughs> on-demand video game service, closes down. Yeah, I, I don't remember that it closed down. That that was it closed down on that day because I didn't. I wasn't a Sega kid. I was a Nintendo kid, but I knew the Sega Channel existed, and I was very jealous of the Sega kids who had access to it. So how would it work that you could actually play games, or were you watching games being played? No, you were playing. The Sega Channel was like what like we what we see now with like xbox game pass and yeah. like stadia that's what i was wondering that's what it was it was that's over crazy yeah well i mean again you're looking at back but then you're looking at games that are like a megabyte well i understand you know? but it's still, but it's being still insane. like an, over the, it's like yeah. streaming a game yeah i think it was more like you downloaded it to your like you had like a sega channel cartridge and it downloaded the game from the from through the cable into your into yeah, your they were living yeah. in the future they were living in the future and it was something special and because oh, the, there's a game actually that it's it's mega man the wily wars which is a basically it's mega man one through three re-released on sega genesis because it was never on sega those three games and that game was a sega channel exclusive and they actually just released like like a month ago they did a special run of cartridges for the Sega Genesis that was the Wily Wars. It's the first time that the game has ever been available in a physical format in the in North America. Oh my god, I thought this was gonna be a little fun little tidbit, and it's like, no, it's like a legit like, holy crap! I I had no idea, mind you, in 1998, I was still living on three channels on a TV antenna in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and so, you haven't, you may not have had your Super Nintendo yet, <laughs> so. 
Because well, the N sixty four had been out by then, but I might have had no, no. I don't even think I had my Game Boy yet, or I don't think I had any of that yet. Oh wow! Uh, you, you were never were, ready. You, you these, weren't ready. These Sega kids were living in the future, and I was living in the past. Sega, you know, it's, it's funny. Sega was very forward thinking in a lot of stuff that they did. Like the Dreamcast is the first system that had a modem built into it. Really? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, anyway, on July <laughs> on July second, Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets is published in the UK. In oh That's wow, in ninety. In, wow, yeah, because I guess we weren't really thinking about that then. Where were we? I don't even know. I I didn't. I wasn't in Harry. You weren't in Harry Potter no. until years later. But I wasn't. in I only until, read Harry Potter for the first time within four, the last four yeah, years ago. The last few years ago. Yeah. yeah. Decided to finally give it a whirl. It was okay. I read all the books. I haven't finished all the movies. Still. I know we bought all the like, after you finished the books, we bought all the movies. Like, yep. I never owned a single one of them and I'd seen a few of them. Yep. And then it was. We haven't watched the last two. We haven't watched Maybe the last, the last three. Maybe we, we can check. There's a pile right there. I can't tell. I can't see from. No, here, it's but. fine. But anyway, but yeah, so I. Uh, yeah, I know I wasn't a Harry Potter kid for sure. And yeah. even then, this was before Harry Potter was like. A household name, yeah. Really, at least over here, anyway. At least here, yeah, because it was big in the UK before it was big here. It was re. It started to catch on pretty quickly, though. But I don't think it was big because I, I feel like if I knew about Harry Potter in 1998, I would have read Harry Potter in 1998. I would have been like the perfect age for it in 1998. Yeah. But no idea. But again, rural school, no internet. We're reading like Anna Green Gables. That's fair. Sarah playing at all. What was uh, Anna Green Gables a school project? Like you needed to read it for school? Yeah. Or, or, you, or you just read I'm it I'm pretty over and sure over every Canadian kid has to read it for school. Probably. But I mean, you could have been reading it over and over again because it was all you had access to. No, most of what I actually chose to read at that point was Goosebumps and then Fear Street. That sounds my like my sister you. was more of a Clive Barker kid. Your sister read Clive Barker? Yeah. No. Or who am I thinking? What's? No. Isn't Clive Barker like ridiculous horror? Yeah, but he are you talking like Dean Koontz? No, pretty sure Clive Barker had kids series too, right? Did he? I didn't know that. Yeah, he had like a kids horror series. Yeah. He had like his own version of Goosebumps. Right? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's Clive Barker. Isn't Clive Barker the Hellraiser dude? Yeah, he has a kids series. I, I think so. No idea about this. Never heard of this. I'm pretty sure, and like, yeah, yeah, I'm like pretty sure. I no idea. Does Clive Barker have a version of the Hardy Boys as well? <laughs> no, 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 no. But like, I'm pretty sure. Uh, no, or who am I thinking of? Like, maybe it wasn't Clive Barker. There's another. There was, there was the Goosebump Kids, and then there was the other kids. I, I don't think it was Clive Barker. It wasn't Clive Cussler. No, not Clive Cussler. No, but no, but you know what I mean, right? Like, because I remember my sister was reading quite a few of. The other, I was Goosebumps kid. Sister was the other kid, right? So anyway, what it, what the other kids were, we'll never know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> figure it out. Why can't I remember? Anyway, shall we move on? Yeah, let's. Yeah. <laughs> was that your last? Yes. Well, okay. that's my four. I do four. Oh, I feel okay. like four is fair. It doesn't go on too long, but still gives you a general idea, idea what, the, what world the world was like was at like. the time. Yes. Well, what the world was also like was watching armageddon and i remember i remember seeing this in theaters same z's i saw this in theaters on i think it was opening night i'm pretty sure it was opening night 
just as you were saying, this is funny because you're saying like, this is a big deal. I remember seeing it opening weekend, blah, blah, blah. I had the same impression. I was like, this movie is huge, big opening weekend, blah, blah, blah. Huge movie. Mm-hmm. Remember this. Well, 1998, a lot of really big movies, including in May, Deep Impact. Yes. <laughs> which actually held the number one spot for two weeks and premiered at 41 million. Did it give it back to Titanic once that was done? No. Then then it was Godzilla mm. with 44 million. Truman Show. X-Files with 30 million. I feel like these are all episodes just waiting to happen. I know, right? Dr. Doolittle at 29 million. And then Armageddon at 36 million. What deep impacted better, really? I was shocked. Because I don't remember Deep Impact being a big deal. There must have been something else at the time that was siphoning money away, like other movies that came out. Well, all these movies beforehand, like Godzilla Godzilla and like all these, like these were all big movies that were still out. It's, you know, that they were still 36 million and it was beaten the next week by Lethal Weapon 4 at 34 million. So like we were just saying, I always thought Armageddon was the bigger draw. And then when I see that Deep Impact had a bigger opening. But at the end of the year, the number one movie was Saving Private Ryan at $216 million, which is one that we will definitely end up doing at some point. Yep. And Armageddon was number two at $201.5 million. Something About Mary was third at $176 million. Deep Impact was overall Eighth at 140.4 million. So Deep Impact, despite having the bigger opening weekend, overall still fairly successful, mm-hmm. but not nearly as successful, successful as Armageddon. Armageddon. Yeah. Hmm. I was very perplexed when I saw that Deep Impact had a bigger opening, though. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm surprised by that. Yeah. 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 Well, as as for us, I, I remember I remember going to see this on opening weekend. And I remember I went and I saw it with uh, Derek, who was in my karate class. Oh, yeah! It was our it was our first it was our first play date, quote unquote. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't think you have play dates at that. No, age. no, I was like, like 14 or something like that at the time. No, we were we were friends in karate class, and his mm. parents and my parents would always talk because we were we would you know pair up all the time. And eventually it was like, okay, well, let's, ha- let's hang out. And I went to his house and I hung out at his house all day. And I don't remember anything we did at his house at all. I remember that he lived out in like a farmhouse, like out in the middle of nowhere. And I remember having fun, but at the end of the evening, his mom drove him, me and his little brother out. And we went and we saw Armageddon. And then they dropped me off at home on the way home. Cause it was near the movie theater. Mm. And I'll never forget. Because, I mean, obviously we're going to get into the movie and the way the movie is and the way the movie ends and, and things like that. But I remember that it was the middle of July, obviously, or no, sorry, the beginning of July, right in the middle of summer. My allergies were driving me crazy because we were out at this farmhouse all day. Oh, boy. And at the end of the movie, I come walking out of the movie all red eyed and sniffing. And everyone's like, you cried at the movie. And I'm like, no, I didn't. My allergies are going crazy. Oh no no no! You cried at the movie. Not quite. You're you're a wussy baby because you cried at the movie, wussy baby boy. Ha ha ha! And I just insisted and insisted and insisted that I did not cry, but nobody believed me. 
I see that you have not been paying attention my entire no, time. No, I, 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 you, I cried. Yeah, well, I remember crying. But you have found it. it was not Clive Cussler <laughs> or Clive Barker who did this book series. Who was it? Christopher Pike. Christopher Pike. That's familiar. Christopher Pike is familiar. So did you actually cry or was it really allergies? No, it was really allergies. Okay, because I wasn't sure if maybe the story was leading to, but it turned out I actually was crying and I blamed it on allergies. No, I mean- Because that would have been very funny because I definitely cried. If you were sort of paying attention to the story- I did. You, you might said have, you were at a farmhouse. I, yeah, and I said I was you, at the farmhouse all day and my allergies were killing me all but day. I thought, I honestly thought that story was leading to you being like- But I really did cry. No, 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 I, I actually, I was not crying. It was my allergies going nuts. Uh-huh. <laughs> you cried. I would admit it at this point. Derek's not there to know that maybe, I was a wussy maybe baby. Maybe he's secretly been following your life this whole time. Maybe that's why I haven't heard from Derek in all these years, because he's like, he would never admit he cried. Maybe. Maybe. I don't think it has something to do with the fact that I think he moved to another part of the country. Oh, well, that might be. <laughs> no, it was because I didn't, I didn't admit that I cried during Armageddon. I cried during the movie. I remember. I remember. But I'm a big crier. Mm-hmm. And I remember crying during this movie in the theater. And I'm pretty sure I remember my mom or maybe my dad. I, I remember like people were emotional and like, I'm trying to think because like, yeah, I'm pretty sure we dragged my sister to this too. And she would have been like five, like the whole fam jam. You managed to get her out of her Christopher Pike book? <laughs> she wasn't reading them at five. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway. Yes. The whole fam jam went to see this at the theaters. Like I said, my family is big into action disaster movies. It's like where I got my enjoyment from them. I remember loving it. I remember thinking it was the greatest. Like I had the soundtrack. I don't want to close my eyes. I remember it got me into Aerosmith. I remember yeah. being like super into Aerosmith after and watching all the old videos. And it's always very weird that Liv Tyler is like the sexy girl in the videos. And it's her dad. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but like. Like th this movie was like the bomb. I I remember my favorite character was Steve Buscemi. Yeah, because of course. Uh, yeah, of course. Rewatching it now, I'm like, I had no idea all these people who I enjoy I know, as actors now are in this movie. Because I'm pretty sure. Yeah, we saw this movie, and not in theaters, but I remember seeing around the same time we would have seen Con Air. And Steve Buscemi's in that too. And uh -huh. despite him being a horrible maniac in that movie, he was my favorite character in that movie too. And like 1998 was like, I think I really like Steve Buscemi in movies. He's really cool. When did Fargo come out? Oh, I didn't see Fargo. Oh, I just hurt my wrist. Oh, you okay? We we have an injury. It's the first injury we've ever featured on the podcast. Are you okay? You were adjusting your seat. I was adjusting my seat on the couch and I twisted my wrist. Anyway, I was about to lean over to get some water. Anyway, Fargo I didn't see for a long time after. Okay, because have you, I, you've seen Fargo. I've seen Fargo, but I don't think I saw Fargo until... I think it's when I was working in a video store that I rented it. Okay. I was just going to be like... Years later. Just because you were all like, I love Steve Buscemi. No, like, I... Did you I, watch Fargo with it? Well, because then, I mean, not too long after that, I would have seen like Big Lebowski. And I've always, I've always really liked Bruce Willis because yeah. of not Die Hard, but Die Hard with a Vengeance. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was a pretty big fan of Bruce Willis from that movie. For some reason, I could reason, I thought you were going to be like, The Kid. <laughs> Do you remember that movie, The Kid? 
No. It's a Bruce Willis movie where he like talks to him. His like inner is like him as a child comes up and he like talks to him. It's apparently I don't I may have seen it. I don't remember it. Apparently it is very bad. Sure. So anyway. Okay. So one thing I remember though, speaking of just Bruce Willis, the next year is in the sixth sense. Yes. And this is like supposed to be like Bruce Willis's like comeback movie. The year before he was the lead actor in the second biggest movie of the year and the next year he needed a comeback movie what the heck? maybe he was coming back from the kid <laughs> like i one of the awards this movie got was the razzie for he was like nominated or he might have won it's written down in the notes later but like razzie for worst actor oh yeah like but i guess maybe it was more his comeback in terms of like respectable critical fare maybe but i was like Reading this, I'm not remember Sixth Sense coming out and that being people like, this is his comeback. And I was like, but Armageddon was huge. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, I remember loving it. I remember thinking it was super great. I remember being like, it was like the first, because I don't get me wrong, I saw Jurassic Park when I was young mm-hmm. in theaters. But this was the first movie that it really like hit me that like, yeah, some movies are meant to be seen on a big screen. <laughs> yeah. And this is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. So shall we? Yes, let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. So I thought this was very funny. This is the second movie in a row on the count on our on our podcast that has Charlton Heston in it. Yeah. What the <laughs> heck happened there, right? Eh? Like not even planned. I mean, obviously it's not like Charlton Heston is He's not a character in the film, but he he does the the opening narration. But the thing is, I don't remember that opening narration. I didn't either. I didn't remember that. There's is it only for the DVD? I don't know. It must have been in the in the movie. Like seeing it, I remember it. I did not. But I didn't. But I didn't remember. Like there's a lot of this movie that I could be like, oh yes, I remember this part without having seen it recently. But the opening narration, once it started, I was like. Oh right, but I hadn't. I had no recollection that it was in the movie. Interesting. Yeah, I had no. Even as it was playing on the screen, I was like, I, "What I, is this? Is yeah. this the right movie?" And when you said it was Charlton Heston, I was yeah. like, "Oh, okay." Um, I will also note this movie's very long. Yes, I was wondering how quickly we'd get into how long this movie is. <laughs> I have one, two. Three and a quarter pages of notes. I have never wrote, written so many notes. And part of that is because this movie is so long. Yes. And part of that is this movie is ridiculous. Yes. This and movie there's a lot is, to comment on. This movie is ridiculous. And one thing I read in the trivia very quickly mm-hmm. is this movie, the average length of a cut is 1.5 seconds long. Mm-hmm. These are quick cuts all through. So there's just so much being blasted at you yes non-stop that there's just so much room for ridiculousness to happen yeah uh speaking of ridiculous though i don't know why but every time i hear the title armageddon and i'm pretty sure it comes from Ar- mad tv i'm thinking armageddon it on <laughs> <laughs> which is the porn parody the porn parody of course or at least course. made up porn parody. oh yes yeah so anyway, but yeah, but Charlton Heston. Charlton Heston. I wrote down stacked cast, what you were talking about. Because yes. like, we're watching the beginning of this movie and the names are coming up. Yeah. And I'm like, like are you serious? Keith David is in this. And like, I forgot, like, obviously he's one of the main characters, but again, it was 
I remember Ben Affleck. I remember Bruce Willis. I remember Michael Clark Duncan is mm-hmm. in this. I remember Owen Wilson is in this. I didn't remember Billy Bob Thornton. Was oh, I in remember this. Billy Bob, which is funny because like I would never buy Billy Bob as someone who's running NASA. Right. As he doesn't like he's a very good actor mm-hmm. and he does a good job. But Billy Bob is not believable as a NASA scientist. No. Or NASA chief of staff. Jason Isaacs. Jason Isaacs. I love Jason Isaacs. He was actually very believable as a very smart man. Mm -hmm. Some about him has like this authority to him. And then when you put those small science glasses on his face, (laughs) I was like, that is a man who knows his science. I loved when he was like telling this, like your science advisor has got a C plus in astrophysics. And so you should listen to me because I'm the smartest man on the planet. Yeah. I was like, I believe him. Nice. Yeah, nice. I believe. Yeah. This is the man we need today telling yeah. people to go get their vaccines. Yeah. <laughs> I believe this man. Yes. Um, but even yeah. at the beginning of the movie, like so many minor, minor parts in this movie are by actors, like people you would recognize in like the guy who's riding the bike with the dog. Is a comedian who's in sort all sorts of stuff. I can't remember his name. He's the guy. He's the main star of Undercover Brother. Really? Yeah. Like he's a, the Miss, Mr. Cooper from Hanging with Mr. Cooper is the taxi driver. Really? Yeah. The like I I, I mentioned this to you. The 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 guy who plays Flash, the crooked detective in Batman Begins, is on the street just staring into a window, and the only thing he says is shh to the to the comedian with the dog like interesting the i'm trying to think the mother of the buddy because there's bruce willis's buddy who's another actor who's in a ton of stuff. yeah max Max. i can't remember the actor's name but his wife is the woman who plays april o'neill in the original ninja turtles oh no you're thinking sorry you said the mom and i was thinking max is the only one where you see his mom oh no it's, no sorry max no, yeah no sorry chick. Chick, yes. Which is Max who's is played the fat by guy. Yeah, yeah. Chick is played by Will Patton, who's in a ton of stuff. Yeah. And I was like He's in Gone in Sixty Seconds, which we've already done. Yeah. And like I I've realized over the last little while that like Will Patton is an actor that most of the stuff he's in, I quite enjoy I really enjoy Will Patton as an actor. Because mm-hmm. he's very much that kind of role where you're like, Yeah, I like that guy. Who's that guy? Oh, right. And yeah. then you don't He's not an actor whose movies I seek out, but I'm always glad to see him in a movie. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Like there, there's just so many people who are in this who totally forgot. The ones I remembered, Bruce, yeah, Ben, Billy Bob, and uh, William Fitchner. Right. Those are the only people. Oh, and Liv Tyler. Yes. She's like the only woman in this movie, save the little bit of lines from Chick and the strippers. <laughs> yes. I also like that what? we- Oh, and there's one. Uh, thankfully, at least one of the astronauts is a woman who gets like one line and isn't doing a good job. And then she gets a couple lines. Yeah, still. But anyway, I'm like, this is a very dick heavy movie. The the moment she speaking of dicks, she has one of the lines about kicking a dude in space and it gives him the idea that, is, that saves the day later. It's so funny because we were talking about Steve Buscemi earlier and neither of us mentioned him as someone we remember being in the oh, movie. That, he, I, but I, I did. Remember I did remember him, him in the movie. movie. Yes. And I also remember Peter Stormare in the, in the movie I as forgot. well. I forgot until we were like, it's like you're going to be going to the Russian space station. And I was like, oh, right. He's really good in this movie. Yeah. Okay. Can we, can we get like, into actually talk about the movie as well? So instantly, I want to say, because instantly we get into this like, oh, there's this 
world ending. Yeah, thing like coming. when New York is being destroyed. Galactus is coming. Yeah. So, and then I'm like, okay, what's well, only the opening? It continues the whole movie, and it was my first of several big complaints about this movie. Uh-huh. I called them camera spin reaction shots. <laughs> there, this is a Michael Bay movie. They're everywhere. So many of these, they're not slow motion, but they're not regular motion, sort of upward angle spin of someone making the like, oh shit face. Uh And I'm just like, okay, we're observing the impact of, oh crap, there's this asteroid coming that could kill us all. Mm -hmm. Obviously emotional impact. But then they do it again. Yes. And then they do it again. Mm-hmm. And then they do it again. Mm-hmm. We have to shoot it again and again and, and again, again and, and again, again and again and again. Yes. And again and again. And I was just like, fucking stop it. <laughs> this movie could have been 90 minutes long if they cut all those out. And this movie is two and a half hours Two and a half long. hours long. Yeah. It could have been 90 minutes. I should have timed. I should have stopwatch going and been like, look, how much time could we actually have been saved? Too many. Mm-hmm. It just didn't. Every time someone said something of any impact or anything of any, it was like spin, 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 spin. I was getting dizzy. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think a cinematographer is like, Michael, I'm a little. I got a little bit of the the, the dizzy. I got some. I got some spins. I got the spins. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it was just too many. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you catch the World Trade Centers? I oh, I was. I wanted to talk about New York because there was a few things I wanted okay. to talk about. The World Trade Center. Only three years before what nine eleven was a little ooh, like when we saw like I knew I knew New York got hit by asteroids and I knew like that obviously this was a pre nine eleven film but I didn't remember if there was any sort of nine eleven esque imagery and well, there is there is there could be some conspiracy theories thrown out about something about like oh it survived a meteorite hitting it but an airplane I don't know. Uh, Okay, but I'm not gonna get into that. Let's not, not, gonna, let's not get into that. Cut but, that post. Cut so <laughs> no, I'm leaving that in. Everyone needs to know you're nut. But <laughs> in the New York scene, I wrote this down because it was it was entertaining to me for two reasons. Number one, it's a thing I like, and number two, it's also taking a shot at another movie that came out this summer. And it's when the dog is attacking oh, Godzilla. I I knew you were going to mention it, so I didn't even write it down. Yeah, yeah. So the dog attacks Godzilla, and it was it's it's because it's, it the guy's selling Godzilla things. He's selling Godzilla toys, and the whole like I, I've I've read this before that they were making fun of Godzilla because Godzilla was coming out that year as well. And as you mentioned earlier, it came out right before this too. So that was them making fun of another. St- has, has, when does that ever happen again? Like I cannot think I'm of. I'm sure. An- it- like, I know, I but just like, not off the top of my head. I, feel I, like I I've think heard of stories like this before. I know the movies where like they make a, a a comment. Like think of Clerks too, where they talk about Lord of the Rings and 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 versus no, no, Star but, Wars. Like, when they actually, but talk- where but where it's like this is us taking a shot at that movie at the time. 
You know, like the Pretty time sure it came I've out. I've heard about this happening before, but I can't name it off the top of my head, so don't call. Yeah, me but no, that was that was very interesting. So they start going through the montage of like, oh no, we we're finding out what's going on, and that's when we're introduced to what I like to call the Michael Bay couple. Every movie seems to have some sort of Michael Bay couple where it's like just two people arguing with each other. Like is a, this like the a, couple in the cab? This is no, not the couple in the cab. This is the the guy who discovers the asteroid. Oh, remember, like his wife he, is he like wants to name it Dottie. He wants to name it Dottie because his wife. He's like after my heinous bitch of a wife. Yeah, and does Michael Bay? There's stuff like that. Like hate his it, wife. It, it, I don't know, but it made it immediately made me think of Sam's parents and Transformers. Uh, <laughs> like like the, it's boomer humor though, right? Like boomer humor is straight up. I hate my spouse. Yeah, which is like I don't hate you. Yeah, I love my spouse. Yeah, but we're millennials. Yeah. <laughs> so from there, after after the the asteroids discovered, they're like, "Well, we need to we need to form a plan." But before they f- they've formulated their plan, they they introduce us to the characters that we will be spending the movie with, and. Harry's introduction has not aged well. I said the same thing. I'm like, are all. people still on the side of oil companies? Because I don't think so. So first off, he is shooting golf balls at Greenpeace. Yeah. I don't think people are on his side on this no, one. No, people are not on the Can oil I, company side further, anymore. Though, did you notice that the hero of this movie shares the same character name as the hero of our last movie? Harry. Yeah, he's Harry. There, I know. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. That's a thinker. That is a thinker. But also, part of the introduction of Harry that has not aged well is when he discovers that AJ is sleeping with his daughter, his immediate reaction is to murder him. Which is okay. So he's he's justifiably upset that they have been keeping this relationship secret. Yes. That like, you know, this, it turns out he's taken AJ under his wing and he's kind of like his protege. AJ is sleeping with Harry's daughter, and at first he might think they're just having casual a tryst, a casual coitus, which he'd mm-hmm. be upset about. But then he's more upset that they're in love, and I'm just like, but as the movie goes on, he like loves AJ like a son. But he was literally yeah. shooting; he shoots I, him with a gun. I wrote, I wrote a note later in my notes. The moment when he's like, "I love you," he calls him son. Yeah, and I'm like, ten days ago you were. Sh- Shooting a gun at him multiple times. He hits him. A he does. Bit. He, he hits him with a ricochet. He shoots him in the leg. And I'm just like, none of this seems logical in any way. And again, I feel like a lot of this is boomer humor. Yeah. But boomers in 1998, I mean, my parents would have been, oh my God, our age. <laughs> no. <laughs> The, that that wasn't no be. no that wasn't thir- no no that no was they would have been in their forties yes but still big draw for the box office yes so okay but still I was like wait that math is wrong yeah I was like no you're very wrong here but then but then we get our we start getting these cuts the asteroid getting closer to the and you know what bothered me about it what? and I know they're just doing it for effect and everything because the asteroid looks kind of cool. But there's a lot of the asteroids making sound as it travels through space. Well, I mean, it's it's an, a lot of things are making sounds in space. Like, and I'm just like, there is no sound in space. There is no air on this asteroid to give it something for sound to bounce off of. Mm-hmm. Stop having to make it would be eerier if it was clear. if it was yeah. 
I, I did enjoy that the the asteroid had its own villain theme. Yeah, <laughs> that that music was actually very haunting. I thought yeah. it was, the music was pretty good. But then so we. We are brought that Harry. Yeah. And daughter. What's her name again? Grace. Grace. Yeah. Are brought to NASA because he insists on her coming with. And they're like, OK, NASA's like our only hope is to set up these astronauts and use the drill you've designed to drill into the asteroid and plant a nuke in it, which is also essentially the plot of Deep Impact. I see. I don't remember Deep Oh, Impact I don't really remember much all. of it at all. I remember Elijah Wood's in it, and I'm pretty sure I remember the president is played by a black man. It's, I think uh, it might be Morgan Freeman. It is Morgan Freeman. That's all I, I remember. I couldn't 100% re- remember it was Morgan Freeman. I didn't yeah. want to assume. But And I read a thing a long time ago that was like, why are all the disaster movies the president a black man and i'm like oh my god most of them are and i'm like this one is not though this one is not not. he played the president in a different movie in this one but anyway that's the same plot plant a nuke in it blow the nuke up which is like i don't know but anyway and harry goes this is the best you got this is the united states of america you are the best in the world you know you guys need to come up with blah blah this is the best of the best of the world and i'm like oh the optimism of 1998 well because like he's talking about how america's so great and they can come up with better and he knows they can do better and it's like and today i'm like i'd be shocked if they could come up with a plan this good Well, I, I so jaded. I yeah. I, I'm also going to point out at this moment. This is this is probably a great time to mention the rah rah American patriotism of this movie. Like the oh, shuttles yeah. are named Freedom and Independence. Yeah, um, but one of the things about they actually were able to film at NASA. Yes, because they were they called up NASA. And they're like, remember what a good job recruiting Top Gun did for the air force Mm -hmm. or the navy or whatever it is that they're part of we can do that for nasa it didn't work yeah well i michael bay i mean nasa depending on who you you talk to nasa does have a a very military presence Mm -hmm. michael bay is very much like military like all of his movies are like also bam here's the military like the transformers movies didn't need to have as much military in them as they did yeah so at this point though He's like, this isn't going to work. Mm-hmm. You're doing the drilling wrong. I need my crew. Yes. And then he's like, I need all these guys. And we get these long introduces to all the guys except for one guy. Well, yeah. here's Who like, gets no introduction. But here's the thing. Like, they introduce characters we've already met. Yeah. Like, they get, like, introduction scenes. But we've already met them. They've had introduction scenes. Yep. So they have these lengthy introduction scenes to be like, look how kooky they are. Yep. <laughs> you know, like it's this is a ragtag bunch of roughnecks that are going to save yes. the world, which of one of them, one of the things that before we get to the point that one of the points that you made, I, I do want to hit this one because it is in the montage is they go to AJ to ask AJ to help them. He has already set up his own drilling company. Yeah. He has his own wells in the ground in. I don't know. I don't know where it Texas. was. It was Texas or something. We'll say Texas. It's been two days. The other thing is. They say it's been two days. The other thing with this movie is they have found out that they have 18 days yes. before it's too late to stop this asteroid from hitting the earth. Mm-hmm. And somehow AJ has from South China Sea. Yes. Because they're in the Pacific he's Ocean. He's made it back to land 
to get an international flight to Texas to set up his own company. And none of the time, none of it makes sense. The timeline no. on this doesn't make any sense. And there's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie that I'm like, don't they only have a couple more days? Oh no, it's, but I feel like time is running. It shouldn't the asteroid have hit us like three days. Ago? Oh no, they haven't even gone to space yet. Mm-hmm. None of the time makes sense. There's no. no time that makes sense. And like, then also they're like, we need to get AJ. And it's like, you fired AJ, but he's the best. But you fired him, but he, he's the best. And it's like. But they, they only fired him. He fired him because of the daughter thing. But Well, no, actually, no, that's not true. He fired him because the pump almost blew them all up. Yeah. So he didn't fire him because he did a, he made a mistake. But he now he's like, people. you're going to save the world. And yeah. it's like, he wasn't good enough to work on your rig. When the world wasn't at stake. But, the, but now that the world is at stake, you can't do it without him. Yeah. None of this movie makes sense. And then Harry drops a hard R. Yes, yes. Which was, ooh, uh, Well, that, there's a few. Keith David drops a hard R in this. Well, maybe well. it is Keith David. Someone drops a hard R, and I was like, ooh, that doesn't fly anymore. Yeah, but. And then we go into this long. We don't. What does it matter if they pass these medical exams or not? Because really, they're setting the space to most likely die anyway yeah. as a Hail Mary. You do not have time for that. Well, Just I send think, them up I there. I think they, the whole point of the medical exams were to make sure that they wouldn't die when they sent them up there. Like the 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 fact, the, the act of sending them to space wasn't going to kill them. But we are missing one thing that I wanted to touch on that, that you brought up. And they go through the introductions of all the members of the team. Except one dude. I'm like, he must just be named Cannon Fodder. Like, they 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 show everybody sitting in the room, talking about like they've all been told that the asteroid is coming, and they're all like, absolutely like, what do we do? What do we do? And then there's this one guy, and he's like, I'm in. And I remember, I even wrote it down. I wrote, who the fuck is that guy? Yeah, <laughs> because. He's he is not in the first round of introductions. He's not in the second round of introductions. And he just is part of the team of guys that's going into space. That like the, He's one of the indispensable guys. And he has like five lines before he dies. Yeah. Spoiler, <laughs> he dies. Yes. No crap, he dies. And like then after they go through all this training, they're like, these guys need a night off before they go into space. If they don't have a night off, this isn't going to work. They need a night off. And I'm like, and then they just scatter all over. Yeah, yeah, they, I'm like, they don't have time for this. Yeah. The world is going to end. What are you doing? And they all get, plus some of them get arrested and they're going to, they're doing great. These people are bad people. And like, they don't have time for this. AJ's taking Grace out and he somehow strung up to all these lights in a tree and he's playing with animal crap. And I thought this was the most romantic thing. In 1998, when I was like 13. Oh, the animal cracker thing. I was like, oh, this is so romantic. And now I'm watching it. I'm like, this is awkward. And he's sticking animal crackers down or underpants. They make the comment of like, do you think someone else is doing this at the exact same moment? No, I don't. Why? Why would anyone be doing that? Why would anybody be doing that? And also- a single person. And also, he's like, I really hope someone else is having sex with animal crackers. Because if they're not, then why are we trying to save the world? (laughs) makes sense and then <laughs> what is romantic about animal crap anyway sorry. i did like i said i like will Patton and i like the character of chick a lot yeah except for one thing he goes to visit his ex-partner and yeah. the kid they share together kid doesn't know who he is and the woman is very obviously like you cannot just come around mm-hmm. and try to be in his life after what you've done and i'm like well he's not a good dude yeah but then whatever it was that he's done 
It doesn't matter anymore it's when he saves the world. For, for completely forgiven because he's going to space. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I feel like he might not be a good father, though. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's probably why he's not allowed to see him in the first place. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. A lot of parents make a lot of stupid decisions with their kids and who they let around their children. So, like, it's believable. But I'm still like, just because he's going to space doesn't make him a good daddy. Yeah, no, it just means he's going to space. Yeah. So they go to space. And oh boy. And okay, no. We got an hour into this movie on Saturday and they hadn't gotten over to an space. hour, over an hour. They and they're not had in space yet, yet to go to space. And I said, I am tired. And we went to we bed. We went to bed. I could not handle any more of this movie at that point i was tired it had been spinning so much that i was dizzy <laughs> nothing was actually happening except for all these like cuts between the world is ending we're having fun the world is ending we're having fun the world is ending we're so kooky mm-hmm. and i was just like getting some whiplash were you i am tired so we went to bed yes and, and i was like I have to sit through another 90 minutes of this, <laughs> but I would have fallen asleep. And yeah, yeah. so I'm glad we split it into two nights, but holy macaroni over an hour. We split it right when they were lifting off. Into right, space. No, and, we split it when they were approaching the space station. Yeah. So, but they, to refuel. that's the, the actual, like they take off. And then at like 30 seconds later, they're going to the space station. So it's not like there's an extended scene between the two. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, <sighs> so nothing really happens for an hour. Then the movie starts. I remember uh, you were making this, this comment and it might, I can't remember if it was at this moment or not, where the president is making his speech. Oh, it's right as they're taking off. It is right. Yeah, it's right as they're taking off. And it's such a lengthy scene of like the president making speeches all slow mo. You know, it's like showing everybody all over the world listening to the speech and everything. And it's all there to give it all weight and everything. But it was just so long. It just, and and that's, and this is the, all over the world. Yeah. And this is where you're like, we're done. Like, this is, I couldn't. Yeah. And, and all it made me think was because we had this conversation about how like so much of this movie could be cut to make it shorter because this movie is so long. And the next scene is the scene where they go to the fuel depot or another fuel. They go to the space station to pick up fuel. And then the, 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 <laughs> the space station explodes for. Can I can I before it even explodes, though, they show the two space shuttles docking. Yes. And I, I just went, remember how good the docking looked on Interstellar? Yes. Yeah. It does not look good on this. No. Well, it's, <laughs> no. yeah. There's a lot there's, of weird models in this movie yeah, now. Yeah. But still, and I was just like, but you're right. And then, like, they're not on the space station very long. And this seems actually fairly exciting because something goes wrong. Yeah. Lev I, has been up there, who's Peter Stromer, for yep. 18 months all by himself. He's going a little nutty and he's not paying attention to what he should be paying attention to. And he leaves AJ and AJ tries to fix the thing and it well, just breaks. It breaks. It's for not what, AJ's fault. No, for what I can tell, the only reason it broke is because it was Russian. Like that, that seems yeah. to be the explanation was it was Russian. Yeah. 
like all this so it, nothing's working right and things start to explode and it is actually so they all have to get to their space shuttles as quickly as possible and aj and lev almost get left behind because you know they got to block off the tunnels to make sure the fire doesn't get to the space shuttles and they destroy the whole mission because if it does the world is over and oh god everything's going wrong that's actually really exciting this seems like five minutes it's like as long as the president's speech mm-hmm. and this scene was actually really enjoyable it was I know I this I remember once we were at the space station, I was like, oh, right. It explodes. And that's how they bring Peter Stromer with them to the asteroid. Mm-hmm. And I remembered it. And I was like, even though I know that they all make it off the space station and the shuttles both survive, because I remember one of the space shuttles crashes on the asteroid. So I knew they both make it away from even though I know that I was still kind of like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. A little nail bitey. Mm-hmm. And they give so little time to this scene when it is by f- like far one of the most exciting scenes in the movie. Yeah. That made any sense. The pacing in this movie is all over the place. I, I made the note that this movie feels like they filmed a first draft. Yeah. Where like they they put everything in it and then they were like, okay, we need to cut stuff. Well, let's just film it all and then we'll cut as we go. And then they just didn't cut anything. Yeah. Because there's so much that's just like extra. Like, but not like needed extra. Like you you see stuff that in in movies where it's like a deleted scene and you and you watch it and it's like, okay, I understand they deleted this scene because of pacing or whatever, Mm -hmm. but there's information in there that's like, oh, this explains why this happened. Like we were talking about in the lost world where there's the bottle of alcohol next to the, the, the T-Rex and it's a deleted scene is where, how it gets left there. Like Mm -hmm. that's information that, that has been left out. I feel like there's nothing like that in any of these scenes that could have been cut. There's no extra information there. That kind of thing. You're, I a hundred percent agree. And like now we've got Peter Stromer on the space shuttle and he's with AJ and bear, Michael Clark and Atkin. And then we also have nameless guy who didn't get an introduction. Who has a name, but I don't remember what it is. And Owen Wilson. Oscar, who's Owen yeah. Wilson, and then two other pilots. They're on their ship. And they're heading towards the asteroid. And once you know it, their space, their shuttle gets hit by space debris. Because they they got to fly through br- debris behind the asteroid. Their space shuttle unfortunately crashes. And we, we are led to believe the pilots of the space shuttle do the right thing. They they tell the, the the drillers like get in the cargo hold yeah because at least like that is their most likely chance of survival. Mm-hmm. The two other drillers, Oscar and the one without a name, can't get their helmets on, can't get out of their seats. They're killed. They're dead. Uh, at least they're not sucked out of the windows and poorly. That looked and, terrible. And then they slap onto the other shuttle. Yeah, and drag that was. On. Uh, I'm like all this room and space, and they managed to. Uh, Anyway, yeah. uh, Peter Stromer makes it into the, the cargo hold. Nobody else does, right? But Ben Affleck and Bear survive. Yeah, they all the three of them survive. Yeah, so they, they managed to break the armadillo and the other drill and all that stuff out of the, the crash space shuttle, and they're making their way towards the other one. Now, everyone else believes that those guys are dead. Everyone else believes they've got now only one shot to do this right because they're dead. But the other space shuttle, which is piloted by William Fitchner, and the woman, the woman. Whose, whose name is not really mentioned much, w- w- has Harry 
and all your other Watts. Her name was Watts. Oh, was it? Okay. So it's got Harry and Chick and Rockhound and Max. And I think that's it. It's like four and four, right? I think so. Yeah. Anyway, they're on the other one. There's also like a nameless sergeant who's with them as well. Like Oh yeah. Yeah. Who dies too, right? Yes, he is like impaled. Yeah, that he does. dude flies on. He he lands on like but some yeah, bicycles. So they they get they land, and this scene was one of the ones I actually remembered too. Is because one of the things we learn about Rockhound, who's his whole thing is he's super horny, but he's super smart. Yeah, so he's a, he's a genius. And when they land, because they're flying in a atmosphere they've never flown in before, and blah blah blah. They crash land too, but not enough to to wreck the ship. Wreck the ship. They're able to to take off again still, which yeah, they, is fine. They overshoot the but landing. they overshoot the landing, and like I understand that he's upset that they've overshot the landing because he's like, oh, you landed us in the wrong spot, and we're on a metal plate, and it's like, how do you know that? It's like I'm a freaking genius. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'd be upset too, but at the same time, it's not like he planned it. It's true. He kind of was doing. He did. Like, he saved their lives. He saved their lives, landing them on the most difficult landing of all time that the other ship was. Did not. To yeah, do. it did not survive. And he still managed to land them in a way that the ship could then take off again. Mm-hmm. I would cut him some slack. <laughs> but then Rocco's insane. He gets yes. the space crazy. Why do they have so many guns in space? Oh my god! So many guns. So many guns, and I'm like. They had a machine gun. They had Gatling guns. Yeah. What do you need? Gat- Are you fighting the Predator up there? Maybe. Maybe they thought the the asteroid might have an alien on it. Maybe. that, that Even if they, if they had said that, that would be an explanation for why the hell there was Gatling like they guns. They, one line of like, what is this about? It's like, oh, it's to blast through Yeah, if there's a rock, rock wall in the way, we can because sh- we see these little spiky bits. Yeah, we can blast through we it. We can blast through it. Nothing. It's Nothing. Just, it's just there. They just have guns. Just Gatling guns. Yeah, but like we see like the emotion, like everyone's like, oh, everyone else died. Oh, we're sad. Okay, back to work. And then well, they, they kind of have to do it because they run out of time. I know, but they some things they get super emotional about. But I think this whole movie is like, are you sure they have time for this? And then at this point, they're like, we don't have time for this. And I'm like, you didn't have time for any of this. You guys could have left days ago. Mm-hmm. What the hell? So. Things obviously don't go bad in drilling. I, or don't I, go bad. They'll go right. Yeah. No, I, I feel like this is this because this is where I wrote the thing about the, the first draft because I felt like every time it was like, all right, we got to do this. Oh, no. Here's an immediate problem. Oh. Now that we've solved it, here is a new immediate problem. Yes. It's been solved. Have another immediate problem. <laughs> like every single time. And the other, so, oh, my God. So they don't think they're going to be able to hit. The 800, and they have this super emotional scene about, oh, I got hit 800. I've never not hit 800. Yeah. Swear I'm a family. Yeah, swear I'm a family. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I'll swear on my family because if I don't do it, they're all dead anyway. Yeah, my so family's I mean, dead anyway. What, what? Why wouldn't I swear on their lives? <laughs> well, it's no emotional weight. Yeah. None at all. But then, then, so the guys on the ground, the soldiers show up. They're like, we're taking over. We're going to remote detonate the bomb. And all the scientists are like, it's not going to work. And they're like, we're going to do it anyway. And like we get a scene with the the soldier that gets impaled later, and the colonel who's William Fisher having to disarm a nuclear bomb in space. Yes, 
and they do that blue, red, blue, blue wire. Red. Is it the blue wire? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Blue. Very silly. Or whatever color it is. It was the blue like, wire. They went, yep. And they get it like point one second left. And, and, and yeah. I was like, I. Silly. McGruber. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so dumb. I yeah. was like, this. None of this makes sense. And then, like, this movie before didn't make sense. And then we start really getting into silly. Mm-hmm. Like, Rock goes crazy. That's fun. He's space but, like, dementia. Space dementia, which I believe. Like, he's got the deep sea madness. Yeah. And, like, all space dementia. Well, that was what, the most accurate thing in this movie mm-hmm. is that restraining an astronaut with duct tape is actually recommended if they develop space dementia. <laughs> <laughs> so this is possibly the most scientifically accurate part of this movie mm-hmm. but a lot of stuff they spend a ton of time arguing and the drill's just not running i'm like you guys do not have time yeah run the friggin' drill even if you're arguing but then of course they hit a gas pocket they kill max everything blows up things aren't going well and then la 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 yeah aj shows up aj and- shows up with lev and bear and you know what i have to say i do really like lev and bear together yeah they they make a good team. They they were very entertaining. I like them together. They they managed to do the jump over the the canyon yep, and blah yep. blah blah on the asteroid. And I thought they were great. But here's the other thing: you talked about how like things can't be going very good for too long because mm-hmm. the well, the asteroid's getting closer, mm-hmm. and a piece of the asteroid fires off and destroys Paris. Destroys Paris. And I'm like, oh right, yeah they. Because I'm like, this is supposed to be one of those big disaster movies, and they really only destroyed New York. Mm-hmm. Oh, they destroyed Paris. Oh, this, New York doesn't even get destroyed. Paris is vaporized. Not even though you see it after it. Okay, so we see a shot of Paris just like the grounds rippling up from the impact, and like it's being wiped out. Like a nuke has been dropped over the city, and then we see it later, and like you're still seeing like the Arc de Triomphe is still there, still standing, and I'm like. Yeah, it was a big impact, but like a lot of the city's still there, and that earlier shot made it look like it was vaporized. Yeah, because that's the thing. I mean, obviously, we know now from disasters like 9 11 that what happened would not be the same in the sense of like that ash cloud ain't going anywhere anytime Mm -mm. soon. And I, I wrote, like, there's no way Paris being destroyed doesn't have major ramifications, like for the world, just in general. Like, just that occurrence more than likely alters the balance of the world. Yes, 100%. Yeah. Because remember, like that was a big, pretty big asteroid that hit mm-hmm. Paris because it was probably a mile or two across by the looks of things. Yeah. Like it's pretty big. And the one that killed the dinosaurs was only about six miles across. So it would have had a third, a, a quarter of the impact of the one that killed off the dinosaurs. It's like that is changing. Like a volcano went off a mm-hmm. hundred and some years ago. In Indonesia. In where? Indonesia. Okay. Krakatoa went off. Right. Which I think is Indonesia. And literally, one volcano going off changed the world for decades because mm-hmm. of ash clouds and it it lowered the temperature of the planet because of the ash in the air. Crops failed across, across the world from one volcano. So you are right. This asteroid hitting Paris would have devastating ramifications for the globe mm-hmm. oh we never get to that but whatever aj and the team show up save the day yes they're able to drill through 
AJ proves himself right. They're like, you're, you can't do it. And he's like, Try, if you ever trusted me, believe in me yeah. now. And he does. He and saves the day. Obviously. Mm-hmm. And then they find out because of the explosions and everything that's happened, their remote starter for the bomb won't work. Yeah, they still, again, every time something good happens, immediately something bad happens. Yeah. And this was pretty bad because they realize someone has to stay behind us, turn on the bomb mm-hmm. to blow up. And at least the person who has to stay behind, because what they don't know if they're going to be able to get off this asteroid anyway. Mm-hmm. But at least the person who stays behind is going to be vaporized and won't feel it. Yeah. Probably. I mean, there's no way to know for sure if that's what happens when you're vaporized, because it's not like anybody survives to be like, yeah, I felt nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just the hope is you felt nothing. And then they're like, we have to draw straws. And the colonel's just standing there. He's already got the straws. He's got, he knew. He was like, this This is straw drawn time. Like, he had them. And I was just like. They, what, but when, yeah, when did he have time to, to make those Did they straws? just decide, let's have straws ready if it comes to it. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, AJ gets the short straw. But Bruce Willis is the hero. Yeah. And like, doesn't let him do it. Has his tearful goodbye with his daughter. Who, which everyone peeps on. Yeah, everyone is listening in. Everyone. Everyone at NASA, everyone on the shuttle. Yeah. Everyone like, is peeping on it. It's nice that they gave him that chance, but like there there is a certain point in space that they're like, if you cross this line, blowing this asteroid up, even if it works, isn't gonna work. So you have to and they're like, you gotta do it now. And Harry and that's the thing he's like, okay, I'm gonna do it, but then he gets knocked away and he's gotta like climb back up a cliff and blah Again, blah blah. Up every time there's a, something fixed, there's another problem. And thankfully, like literally again, they're they're like two seconds ah. and then he has this flashback forward moment of seeing his yeah job. and i'm just like this is the, it was it reminded big emotional impact and it's it reminded me of the tomb raider thing yes! where they were going up the yeah! side of the mountain 100 <laughs> where it's just this wacky like da, 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 weird moment and yeah. like the, the sound of like back and forth like yeah it was just like and like doves and crap. And it's like his daughter, like his kid and then getting married and blah, blah, blah. Because he can see the future. And that's when I was looking through Michael Bay's directorial history. Mm-hmm. The man has directed dozens of music videos. Yes. And everything made sense in the uh-huh. moment. The shot made sense. The cuts made sense. The camera spins made sense. It is a two and a half hour long music video. Mm-hmm. About it was a two hundred two hour two hour and thirty minute long music video for Aerosmith. I don't want to miss a thing. <laughs> it does play like more than once in the movie. The whole too. soundtrack is Aerosmith songs. If it's licensed music, it was Aerosmith. Yeah. yeah. And then they managed to make it off the asteroid, and they save the planet, and everybody's happy. And Grace is there to see them come back, and like. They get off the asteroid or the 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 uh, the shuttle, and they're not even quarantined at all. And I'm like, they have been on an asteroid that's been flying through space. They haven't even hosed them down, mm-hmm. and they're letting people touch them and stuff. And I'm like, what kind of stuff could be on this asteroid that could kill us all? Like, how about we decomp these people first? I like that's what you thought of, and what I thought of was. Where did all of these children get these boxcar shuttles they yes! made during oh the man, celebration there's scene? More there's just stuff where is stuff. all this coming from? It's more, the world's about to end. I feel like there's no kids like, well, I'm about to die. What should I do with my last hours? I'm going to make a boxcar space shuttle with my friends 
and just hold on to it in case they make it back. And then we'll celebrate by. And like, I'm like, you know what? Some shitty parents are probably like, yeah, go ahead. I don't care. Do but it. Like, I got a drink. As a parent, I'm like, no, you're staying here. We're yeah. going to spend like, the end of world together, you little shit. <laughs> I love you. I love you, asshole. Yeah, Stay here. Get your ass back over here. Now we're the Michael Bay family at the beginning of the movie. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, my God, hon. So, so then the movie ends with a wedding slash funeral. Yeah. And they only invite the memorial pictures for the drillers not the other astronauts yes the no and it's not even all the drillers that dude who is not who's not acknowledged in the in the beginning the guy who's just there to die he doesn't get a photo either he doesn't no ah, that sucks at least i'm pretty sure i remember seeing the other characters that that died but not him oh my god the the cut credit scene with the super eight of the wedding yeah. was actually Ben Affleck's idea. That I actually liked. I thought that was a... A nice way to end it. Nice way to end it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. But... Well, I, I have to bring this up. This is already almost the longest episode that we've done. This movie is And we haven't even gotten to the... Long. <laughs> okay, so the movie is done. Should yes. we get into the... Let's yes, let's let's do it officially. In 1998, critics had their own thoughts on this movie. So Laura, why don't you fill us in on some past reviews? Okay, so this one has quite a disparity. I on bet on tomatoes. I bet it does. Take a take a guess. Oh one versus God. the other. 40 60? 38. It's very close. Uh -huh. 73. Oh wow. Much higher audience. Yeah. So Jay Carr of the Boston Globe said armageddon is big and noisy and stupid and shameless and it's going to be huge at the box office <laughs> i have never read a more accurate review in my life yeah <laughs> uh michael o'sullivan of the washington post favorably said this is a positive review Armageddon peels your eyelids back and blows your eardrums out until rational analysis is moot <laughs> <laughs> that's a positive review it's <laughs> a good one I know. And Roger Ebert yes said the friend move, of the show Robert of Ebert. <laughs> again he's just like a really good baseline yes everyone ever knows who Roger Ebert is exactly the movie is an assault on the eyes the ears the brain common sense and the human desire to be entertained Roger Ebert also went on to name Armageddon as the worst film of 1998, beating out such thrill rides as the Spice World movie, and is on his list of one of his most hated films of all time. <laughs> <laughs> it was nominated for four Academy Awards. <laughs> Three of them were for effects and one was for song, but Prince of Egypt won that one. Oh, yeah, yeah. It won two Saturns, Best Sci-Fi Film and Best Director and was nominated for five others. Oh, my God. Didn't you say it got nominated for some Razzies as oh, well? Yeah. Uh, it was nominated for six Razzies and won one, which was Bruce Willis for this role 
along with his roles in Mercury Rising and The Siege, it was nominated for Worst Film, but lost to an Alan Smithy film, Burn, Hollywood, Burn. And I just want to note, one of the most famous lines about this movie comes from Ben Affleck, who says in the commentary, Yes. I asked Michael Bay why it was easier to train oil drillers to become astronauts than it was to train astronauts to become oil drillers. And he told me to shut the fuck up. So that was the end of the talk. Yep. (laughs) Yep. I'm always a big fan of that one. I've heard that one before. I just shut the fuck up. (laughs) All right. And this is before Ben Affleck was like a big star as he is now and Mm -hmm. back with Jenny from the block. So I'm like, yeah, okay get it oh good times good times uh so now we reach the point of the 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 show where we give our reviews and i'm gonna be charitable but i'm also not gonna be charitable okay this movie is way too long oh so long way too long so long this movie is pretty stupid so stupid pretty stupid so stupid but it is fun so for that reason i am going to give it a plane i'm not going to give it a like it's it's there's there's too much of like okay like when i'm looking at my watch that much you know like it's it's not something that's like this is a fantastic film, you know. It's, yeah, no, I dig it. Yeah. I, I I understand. Yeah. Um, because I feel the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not a good movie. Mm-hmm. I found everyone in the movie did a good job with the material that they were provided. Not a single actor made me go, oof. Mm-hmm. Every actor in this movie is doing a good job. And I can only imagine how hard that would have been with the material provided. <laughs> like, cause like some of the stuff they force them to say is so stupid, but they still make it entertaining. Yeah. And if they cut out all the unnecessary fat, which again is easily a good 60 minutes, it would have been a really good movie. Yeah. In terms of fun. It's just way too long. It's yeah. so, but like stupid movies can be fun. This movie is very stupid, but it it has the potential to be a lot of fun. So it gets a plane. Yeah. Like if if it's something that the the stupidness is something that appeals to you, set yourself aside a week and go watch it because it takes that long to get through it, it feels yeah. like. But but otherwise, yeah, yeah. It uh if it was there was parts of it that I still really enjoyed, but there was a lot of it that I was like, okay. <laughs> this didn't age as well as I I thought it would. No, but so plane, yeah, plane, planes all around. I feel like a plane is very fair for this movie. Plane is it really does exist for a movie like this? Yeah, yeah. So there we go. That is going to do it for this week's episode of Burnt Popcorn. Next week, next week we will be taking a look at. We're gonna rewind pretty far back. This might be one of my earliest picks, and. I realized what day is coming up very soon and we're, we're not going to unfortunately be able to, cause we don't release on Fridays, mm-hmm. but it's close enough. But this month has a Friday the 13th. Are we doing another Friday the 13th? We're doing the very first Friday the 13th, which came out in 1980. Okay. Okay. 
I mean, it's not like we haven't done a sequel. I mean, actually, we didn't. We didn't even do. We did the sequel first for this one because number three is my favorite one. Yes. So, and we did it a lot almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. But Friday Thirteenth is coming up. I kind of felt like something schlocky and fun and silly and old. And like I said, when I realized it's actually Friday the 13th coming up very soon, I was like, yeah, we've discussed Friday the 13th part three, which is the one where it's actually Jason with the hockey mask, which is a big deal. We're going to go back to the original Friday the 13th and see how it holds up. Without actually having Jason, because it's the one without Jason, obviously. Yeah. Well, it does, but it's he's not the killer. Yeah. And uh, I am very interested on how it holds up, especially to watch around Friday the 13th. Well, that will be very interesting, because by the time this episode airs, it will be way past that. Way past? Way past. Uh, I don't think way past. The day that the day that we're recording this is the day that episode forty four comes out. Mm-hmm. This is episode forty six. Oh, so we're not that far off. It's we're, only like an extra week. Well, it'll be it'll be episode forty seven, and that will come out on the twenty fourth. Still pretty close. <laughs> it's the Friday, the twenty fourth. <laughs> but still, give I, me a break. I know, I know, but just to say. We'll have passed the Friday. The it is my point. turn. I know. You I know. made me watch this long ass movie. This is my turn. And you always <laughs> complain. I don't pick anything except for stuff from the 90s. Well, I pick something really old. So I'm not complaining. I'm not complaining. I'm just You're saying. I know. I'm just saying. You that don't want to watch my choice. That's not it in the slightest. I'm just saying that by the time the episode airs Friday okay. the 13th. We'll I actually long, really wanted to like sit down gone. and watch the whole series again. Mm-hmm. But it's on DVD and it's not streaming and it's hard to just sit down and watch something that's on DVD and not just streaming because it's so easy to put stuff on and streaming. Yeah. My life is really hard. Tune in the following week when I suggest we watch Halloween and the episode airs in December. Oh, we're going to watch Halloween in October. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll get there. That's for sure. But that will do it for this week's episode. Look forward to that movie next week for this week's episode of Burnt Popcorn. I am Mike. I'm Laura. And we'll talk to you guys again soon. Bye.